0: Asia, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor,
1: And I'm Brian Park.
0: And today we're going to do our Patreon shoutouts. Which,
1: <laughs> which we do every we do time. And <laughs>
0: just ruin everything.
1: Yes. So actually... What? We did... So we changed up the format. Yeah. Where we do two guesses on how much money they make. Uh-huh. One guess on their sex style. Yeah. But now we just can't satisfy anyone because someone got upset that what? we didn't guess their sex style. Oh. And, but we guessed the, how much money they made.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that <laughs> message. They're like, right? no, I want to hear about my, my anal or right. something. And we we're like, all oh, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we we still want to please our fans, our dedicated why don't we, fans. Why don't we
0: just drop everything and just say the name and we'll just say what we think, anything. Purely period. out of impulse. Yeah, chaotically. Okay. Fuck it. Let's Sex, do it. money, wh- whatever comes to mind.
1: And if you're a fan of the podcast, please consider donating to our Patreon to help... Support the operations of this entire thing at Patreon.com/FeelingAsian, and without further ado, let's get to the fun part, young me. Okay. I don't know why I said it in that voice. Anyways, <laughs> all right. Weird.
0: <laughs> Our <laughs> first weird. shout out
1: goes to Lawful Baby Level Kristen Osakada.
0: Kristen Osakada. Uh, first of all, Brian, why did you put on a weird pseudo-Japanese accent <laughs> to say her last name? <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> You're like, Kristen, Oh, <laughs> Why? Was
1: that... I thought I was like, yeah, You're, fuck.
0: It's okay. It's a fuck. You know fuck. what? We all why did I do that? Internalized
1: racism. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so sorry, maybe Kristen. That's the, that's the correct way to say it. Maybe that was. Time.
0: Maybe that was. You just put on a little bit... Shame and hu- humiliation.
1: I, <laughs> I did the. Can I please have a carne asada taco? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, no!
1: <laughs> Kristen Osakada.
0: Can I get an almond croissant? <laughs>
1: See, but that sounds like too overcompensating the other way. Yeah, so our first shout out goes to Kristen Osaka. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm so sorry. Um,
1: what do you think about Kristen Osakata? You know
0: what? I, you know, I don't think I've heard a lot of Asian people to name Kristen. Because, you know, you, you hear a lot of like Christine's, you know, or Christina's. Kristen, I feel like. I don't know that many Christens that are Asian.
1: Kristen Osakata sounds like she's a successful real estate agent agent in St. Louis, Missouri. I, fe- that, I feel that, yeah. <laughs> like, you see her face on <laughs> bus stop yeah. benches. Yes. But she's, like, the number one salad broker <laughs> in all of St. Louis, Missouri.
0: It's Osakata and oh Barnes. Oh, my God. It's I fucked up style. her name.
1: Now I'm just roasting her so, like, with such specificity that I would want her to real not est- donate to I feel us like
0: anymore. Real, real, I'm gonna go with this real estate agent vibes. I feel like they're all, like, freaky in bed.
1: All real estate. Yeah, agents? don't you
0: think? I think real estate is one of those jobs that like seems really like um professional and buttoned up, but then they're yeah. just like ah, they're like all like
1: Yeah. I they're don't know. like land f- they're they're like as horny as flight <laughs> attendants, but they yes. work on land.
0: It's like one of those <laughs> it's one of those situations. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Kristen Osaka, thank you for donating. Keep your wealth. Three dollars is amazing. Yes. And I apologize again for, well, I don't know why. why. Yeah, for being racist. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, our second Patreon shout out goes to lawful adult level, Wen Wang.
0: Sounds hot. I love names like that. Okay, I love- so you're
1: going to make this horny again. Uh,
0: I'm so, I'm so, I'm so turned on. I love young names young like you're that. Like, Let's
1: just go with our impulse and every guess is Sex. how they...
0: <laughs> I'm attracted to this person. Wen Wang? Yeah. It's Damn, a hot name. I love names like that. Like, I think I've said Wen this. Wen Wang before. is a
1: very—it's an artist's name. Yeah. Like she probably went to like Cooper Union for fine arts or something. Yes. Yeah. Wen and Wang It's hot. You yeah.
0: know I just—I don't even know anything. I—I don't—I don't get any vibes except I want to—I want to be in a relationship with this person sexually.
1: Whoa! <laughs> oh my god, that's a first. What if you're you're attracted to one of our by Patreon the subscribers, names. Wen Wang?
0: I like names that have like the similar sounds that like you know like yeah yin yang or something like that like i love whoa, names whoa, whoa. like that. did you
1: just say yin yang yes yin yang twins
0: <laughs> i'm sexually attracted to the yin yang twins <laughs> oh yeah baby i love you know like like no. uh, i remember i had a friend named ping ping and i was like damn that's a fucking cool ass name
1: yeah. yeah damn if i
0: have another kid i want to name them something like that
1: like Gigi,
0: you know sexy
1: yeah <laughs>
0: like uh, like G, two, yeah yeah Gigi.
1: <laughs> that's a sexy ass name Gigi hadid
0: Gigi, yeah uh, who i find attractive no one else does crazy enough but i personally do i'm just kidding it's a joke she's a model i know that's <laughs> the joke
1: <laughs> okay so wen wang congratulations young me really wants to fuck you your and name. that's your sex style <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> um uh, and our third we're canceling
0: each other you're racist i'm the i'm just a predator <laughs>
1: Our third Patreon shout out <laughs> goes to lawful adult level. Holy shit, another hot name, Kiana Wait. Wow. Kiana. Kiana. What, what the fuck? That's <laughs> so hot. I'm move over, Wen Wang. There's a new hot name. Kiana Wait. What? <laughs> I don't even know the gender. I, I'm sorry. If you're Kayana Wait, it's just a hot name.
0: And also, Wen Wang, is that a woman or do they identify as a woman? I don't know. You do know? See?
1: The more we hot. ask each other questions, the more we realize that this we are is fully canceling proof ourselves. proof that
0: gender doesn't matter. I will have sex with you no matter what, <laughs> if your name is hot. <laughs> I was assuming it was, uh, you know, somebody that identified male, but you said she, so then I was going with that.
1: Right. Kayana, also? Kayano, Kayano. Kayano,
0: ooh. Kayano.
1: La 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 Kayano. La la la. Kayano, wait, is a... Um, you know cool. what? <laughs> I'm going to guess... Rich. Let's do some, I'm going to guess ri- super rich. <laughs> okay. And with a name like Kayano, you can't have a normal job. Like, yeah. can you imagine just being a fucking sales planner with the name Ka- Like, signing off on your email, like, hope this finds you well. Kayano, no, that you shit doesn't happen. Definitely mushrooms. not. Kayano Wade is like I'm, a artist another artist I was gonna say maybe creative director musician music director music video director
0: Uh, just full on just a bassist I was thinking (laughs) but yeah
1: Yeah.
0: a DJ but it's still hot no matter what
1: I think we're kind of off our game yeah. on this no, podcast, no, I right? think this was great.
0: I think we learned a lot, you know, <laughs> no matter, gender doesn't matter, no matter what, I am attracted to you and if your if name is if you have a Han. Japanese
1: last name, I am going to <laughs> take <laughs> some artistic liberties in <laughs> pronouncing it. Um, you bowed a little
0: when you said it, it was a really weird. <laughs> <a> <laughs> <laughs> the hell is for your problem, Brian? <laughs> Racist. <laughs> Just kidding. Ooh, I'm not... so
1: glad this is a podcast and we're not on video yet, but soon <laughs> we will be. Thanks to the Patreon. Anyways, guys, thank you for donating to our Patreon. We love you guys. Thank you for your support. And should we introduce our guest? Now, yes, Yumi? please. Now, I'm really excited to for our guest this week because she is a very dear friend of mine. We went to high school together. Wow. Yeah. We, we are legit homies. And... So, well, I asked her how she wanted to be introduced. She's basically a multi it does a lot of different things. So we settled on, she is an arts professional with a concentration in contemporary Asian art. Wow. She has so many graduate degrees. Like anytime my mom tells me education is very important mm-hmm. in Asian, especially in Asian families and Asian culture, go to grad school. I always think of this person... <laughs> who has a million graduate degrees <laughs> and so basically it's the it's a balance like i don't have any grad degrees she has all the grad degrees and that's just the chaos that's just the balance uh, Relationships
0: would be 50 50 she has all of the degrees <laughs> you are an unemployed actor
1: <laughs> basically but anyways guys please give your ears to caroline lou hi guys thank
0: you
2: for inviting me i only have two degrees so it's not That's so two more many. than I
0: have.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You're crushing See, it. <laughs> Honestly, Caroline, uh, by young me and me by not having that many degrees, this is the universe this is karmic retribution. This is why you have all the degrees. That's
2: true. Yeah. So I give you one and I give you one. And
1: then I hope not. Okay. 100%. Okay,
0: so now we're in like a weird cull where we just share everything. Communism is the way. (laughs) As a socialist, I agree. Now, I have... 0.75 0.75 degrees technically
1: <laughs> you we- are uh I'm pretty, your facebook says education uh, st- hard not like street hard knocks. shut up does it <laughs> <you? laughs> no okay i was like who
0: put that i've not used facebook in so long maybe i like drunkenly put that in like in 2015 school of hard knocks bitch <laughs> and, like i forgot about it I'm like no I did not put... My education says zero. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>
1: School of hard knocks, baby. Um, but Caroline, before we ask you about how you're feeling, Youngmi, how are you feeling? No,
0: no. Brian, how are you feeling? Because I feel like I always start. Brian, how are you feeling? Please.
1: How am I feeling? I am feeling... Basically, I'm feeling the same as I was last week when we recorded with Yumi. And that is, I am just relishing in total impulsive chaos and it's fucking sick. I have. <laughs> I'm going through a manic episode. Like I nice. have cold brew energy coursing through my veins. Nice. All hours of the day. Yeah. Part of what's inspiring this is you. We're reading the news. I'm kind of scared about what's going to happen in the election. Trump's going to win. Uh, shut the fuck up. I don't up. want him
0: to, but he's going fuck to. Fuck
1: you. And then th- there's the news about the second wave happening. Coronavirus yep. is surging. New Europe. York's going to be. Even worse than it was in April, come winter, because we're not going to be able to go out, and it's gonna shit's gonna be bad. So right now, I am just trying to juice all of this fucking chaos. Yes, I'm boiling the lemon. There's no more juice left on this lemon, but I'm fucking boiling it (laughs) to pull out, extract the juice out of the rinds. I don't know what is this analogy? You're
0: juicing a boiled lemon. Like that's not a saying, Brian. <laughs> there's not <laughs> there's not much oil left in this lemon, but I'm.
1: I don't oil, know what's going. What's how are you <laughs> feeling, Brian? I'm just feeling what? like the juicing out of a lemon, and you're just boiling the lemon rind. That's what's going on with me. <laughs> I've <mate>. never <laughs> heard anyone <laughs> say that. <laughs> okay.
0: But I I can see that you're going through it because your your workout pants are tucked into your socks <laughs> right now. <laughs> I saw. I noticed that you just showed Caroline. What is, is wow? Cool? That big confused ajoshi energy.
1: Just, just, just admit that it looks fucking cool. When
0: your uncle is like walking around the streets, and you're like, "Why is Uncle Kim outside walking at midnight?" That's just, your energy right
1: now. <laughs> no, but lately, it a wow. lot of things have been happening in that cool. way where, you know, you're like even running into old flings, like wow. on the street, it, it's yeah. all... The it's universe. Just like a, it's just a chaos right now. Chaos, yeah. Yeah. But Bro. um, I know I've been feeling a little bit more impulsive because you are my reference point for chaos. Yeah. Chaotic street legend, uh-huh. you. Yeah. So it would maybe happen like once a month where I'd be like... This is something Young Me would do, or like, what would Young Me do in this situation? But I think in this past week, it's been like four different instances where I'm like, what would Young Me do? Young Me would say yes, so I'm gonna fucking say yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. My influence.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's how I'm feeling. Anyways, Young Me, how are you feeling?
0: Um. So, you know, when I saw you, Brian, I felt so happy because I just feel like <clears throat> it just feels like so nice to see a friend. Especially, you know, like I like my life also, is so dramatic I'm sorry, right before, now. What?
1: You're giving me shit for wearing my joggers that are tucked into don't, socks.
0: Don't say it, Brian. You
1: are wearing. Don't. You're.
0: Don't tell them.
1: You're wearing. You're wearing pink sequin Uggs right now. What? <laughs>
0: My leggings are tucked into my pink sequin. What the fuck? I, don't tell them, Brian. You're, it's the classic. I this pot was a
1: calling the kettle black. Space, right now.
0: Safe space. <laughs> I bought Uggs finally.
1: Two yeah. months ago,
0: and as a joke, and I put them on one time. And, literally, and have not taken them off. I don't think i you wear since. any
1: other shoes besides those ones. They
0: are so nice. <laughs> I feel so bad for making fun of people for UGGs for the past Uggs twenty years. Making
1: fun of me for wearing my joggers tucked into my socks.
0: Yeah, I'm never taking these freaking. They're, they're gonna. You're gonna like come to my funeral in forty years, and, and they're and gonna be gonna on gonna my feet. Be, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> be brown.
0: The UGGs stay on during sex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say, I, I was happy to see you, Brian. And I felt like really Aww. uplifted. My life is really dramatic. Um, I, I don't know. Just like, it, this is like too boring. And I feel like I want to separate it from my podcast, but just like everything has been going on with my ex-husband and like our business, blah, blah, blah. That's like overwhelming. And it's like giving me lots of anxiety. Yeah. But then I also feel the other night I realized on Friday, I last year, I think I said it on the podcast. I was going to be single for an entire year because I Holy have shit. codependency issues.
1: Was it already a year?
0: It's been one year.
1: Whoa. It's the first
0: time in my life that I've been single Holy. for a year. Like literally before this, Yeah. the longest I've been single is I'm not even exaggerating two months, if even that.
1: I feel like our listeners are going to dig this up and be like, actually, you said that on an episode three months ago. What <laughs> <Said> <laughs> That what? you wanted to be single for a year. No, it's,
0: I put it in my calendar. Oh. October, October 23rd last year. I still
1: can't, I, I'm just in shock that it's already been a year.
0: Well, I mean, you know, half of those in quarantine. Right. But, but still, but
1: congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: And I feel like it's really changed how I think about relationships and how I think how I, cause I, I know that I had really unhealthy codependency issues being, I was aligning my worth to the person that I was in a relationship with, which yeah. I feel like happens healthily to a certain extent with everybody. Like, you know, like
1: right, it's right.
0: nice when you are with somebody and like their achievements, like you see it like, oh, this is somebody that I'm associated with, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like I had this unhealthy thing where I was pushing off trying for myself and pushing that off to the other person and like putting energy into making sure that they succeeded because mm. I didn't feel like I deserved it as a person. Yeah. So I I always had this sort of like deep desire that whoever I was with, I had to like help them and fix them and make sure that they got what they deserve. Maximize
1: their potential. Yeah. And like push them. At the them. cost of your own. Yes. Yeah.
0: I mean, not direct directly, but yes, a lot of times, yes. Yeah. And now like you know, sometimes I have this like natural, like inclination to be like, try to like, uh think about my achievements. Mm. And a lot of times I'll be like, well, this person is getting, you know, like doing well because I helped them, blah, blah, blah. And because I don't have that anymore. I'm like, you know, in those like times when you're like lying awake in bed at 3am and you're like, I'm a failure, blah, blah, blah. And you start to like, Be like, no, I did this and I did that. Right. Now those things are just all things that I'm doing for myself. You know, mm. whereas in before I was like, well, I did this for this person and la la la. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's healthy for me. And I'm yeah, glad that, that sounds I...
1: really, really good.
0: Yeah. And so I'm like proud of myself. I think it's really healed me in a lot of ways. Um, But it's been really hard, you know, just because I am so codependent. It's been like very lonely feeling. And like we talk about this all the time. Being single, it's just like half the time you feel really lonely. And the other half, you're like making out with someone in the fucking bathroom. And it's fucking <laughs> the best <laughs> night of your entire life. Right. That's like what being single is. You know, it's just like ups and downs that are very volatile. And it's kind of fun.
1: I, yeah. yeah. But inevitably, when I'm single for that extended period of time, it's like, yeah, we're making it in the bathroom. This is fucking fun. And then I come back home and lay on my bed and I look yeah. at my ceiling Nobody and I Nobody loves like, me. What are <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <doing>? <laughs> T- time to text eight people to time- fill this void.
0: <laughs> the time's like uh, eight people at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> we're totally healthy mentally. All right. Well, we are. <laughs> Caroline, how are you feeling? Um <laughs> Well, this
2: morning I feel good cuz I'm excited to be on this podcast. Um Yay! Yay! I was thinking about it earlier when cuz I know you guys ask how you feel. And I realized yeah. like I don't have very many words for feelings. Like I only have like happy, sad, angry, but not really like in-between feelings. And I was trying to figure out if I'm just like quarantine depressed or like actually depressed. Mm. Um, But I don't really know how to describe it. It's kind of like an in-between feeling. I was looking at, um, there's this like chart of emotions actually that I found that is really helpful that's like kind of breaks down like sadness, anger into other smaller feelings like grief or loneliness or like being disappointed. I'm not familiar with those words, I
0: guess. Right. Right. Oh. oh, you know how, you know, that reminds me Remember that really popular article that came out in the beginning of quarantine about, about like grief. Mm-hmm. It was like in the New York Times. It was like, oh, what we're all collectively feeling is grief. Yeah. yeah. I remember reading that and being like, I literally don't know what grief feels like. <laughs> and yeah. so I feel like when I read that, I felt uh-huh. like what you were saying, like, do I, I'm so out of touch with these like specific yeah. words. Because yeah. also
2: like, I don't like the words or I guess like I, I want to stay away from like, very extreme words like depression or grief because it feels like too extreme for me.
1: But mm. I also don't feel
2: like happy necessarily or like great. Right, it's like kind of yeah. in between there.
1: I, I, honestly, I do something similar, really? and I don't know how much of that is just a personal defense mechanism where oh. I don't want to. I don't want to label myself as depressed, so I'm going to just be like, yeah, I'm just really tired all the time. And <laughs> yes occasionally mm. don't have the will to live. You know yeah. what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Caroline, when you said you found a chart of emotions, mm. I thought you were referring to like the emojis <laughs> on the phone. I was like, oh, I have that on my phone too.
1: Like <laughs> love, I was love eyes winking.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, oh, that's on
0: my phone too. I saw that.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm feeling uh, Barf face. giant eyeballs looking sideways. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, sorry, that's, that's horny. (laughs) Whoa. Okay. So you're, so you're saying you're not sure if this is like a byproduct of quarantine or if this is just what your state of being is stripped away from quarantine. Do you sit in it or is it kind of like, do you find yourself replacing it?
2: Distracting myself? Yeah. I feel like I'm trying to do this like scientific experiment where I'm like, okay, if I go out, will that make me feel better? And then I like evaluate after that, or if I read, will that make me feel better? I don't. I don't have an, a conclusion. Um, can just you like re- can you things.
1: share some of your observations and your findings with us?
2: Well, I feel like I've been reading more. I've been trying to find words. I guess that's kind of what I'm trying to do because I can't really okay. conceive of it if I don't have a word for it. Mm, um, oh. No. So I'm. I've been trying to. F- find
1: to read things this is is how i know caroline is an (laughs) academic young me because she she won't even like if i can't find the word for it then it It doesn't doesn't exist exist. yes meanwhile (laughs) meanwhile, like for us too it's like how do you feel i I just feel like (laughs) (laughs) i feel like the lemon rind boiling yeah so i'm
2: trying to like um learn a little bit more of like what people how people uh, think of their feelings, like Mm -hmm. through history or time. Like um, one of my friends was telling me about this condition that this French king had where he didn't have a word for how he felt. He just felt like his body was made out of glass and he was going to shatter at any moment, Um, which was a nice poetic, maybe not nice, but a poetic way to talk about feelings without actually having like a scientific diagnosis or something.
0: Right. That's
1: such a great description.
0: I would call that anxiety. But yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that is 100% what I was <laughs> what trying that? to go for with my lemon analogy.
0: Like <laughs> <laughs> you're just being poetic, but
1: it just did not connect with And the then other they people. shamed you for it.
0: <laughs> I was like, n- n- that doesn't make sense, Brian. <laughs> Emotions don't make sense. It's fine. You know, like, yeah, it's, you know, that's like a really good point because what was that? Wasn't that like this famous. Poet, Walt Whitman. (laughs) I'm
1: I'm pretty sure this is who said this, but like,
0: like there's literally, the the weird thing about emotions is that you can't put them into words because Mm -hmm. like, that's what I always think about songs. You know when people share songs on their Instagram stories? Because like at that moment, you know when a song hits you? in a way and you feel a certain way and you're like I want people to know this you put in your Instagram stories and everyone's like what the fuck is this (laughs) asshole doing Stupid!" (laughs) and no one's gonna feel what you're feeling when they listen to that song it's like emotions you know no that's
2: where art is helpful is because it's kind of like putting in it's expressing something that you don't have words for so it's like music art um, poetry those kinds of things I find really helpful
0: I mean that that's interesting that you started speaking about that about your own emotions and then you tied it into kind of like what you do because that mm-hmm. that is true that's what art is and that's just like an expression of emotions and it's weird I I I guess this is like the same thing I was saying with like the music stuff it's weird because sometimes you see a piece of art and it really like touches you, you yeah know? yeah
2: and I and also then, so, like how yeah. like um it always have a, has a different meaning every time you look at it. Like maybe one day you think like, oh, this is like really melancholic. I really feel this way. And then you look at it another time and you're like, oh, this is really joyful. Like it can have multiple meanings, which is really nice, I think.
1: For as long as I've known you, you've always, you were like the art star of our high school.
2: <laughs> uh, what happens to me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but do you do you think that you gravitated towards it because it allowed you to... like put in like like you said like you liked definitions and defining things like very clearly and art was the way for you to do so through emotions
2: i well maybe coincidence i feel like i probably got into it because i was just like superficial and shallow and liked pretty things at first um and then it was just like really about escape in some ways you know like i don't it's nice to just like lose yourself into something that's really beautiful and not part of this world necessarily. But then it's right. been nice afterwards also because it's a way for me to take a step back and like look at my emotions, for example. Um, mm-hmm. Or how do I view the world through art? It's like a, another way to to have a lens on the world or something.
1: Yeah. And for our listeners out there, like Caroline also, you you write a lot about art and I highly recommend that you just do a quick cursory Google search and you can read all of her writings and you wrote an article recently that I really really enjoyed about um, you were talking about like public art installations or I guess like cultural landmarks mm-hmm. within Asian American suburbs can you expand on that like and describe like what that what that is or what that was
2: I wrote that this summer when all the George Floyd protests were happening
0: mm-hmm.
2: And um, there was a, na- n- uh, a national conversation kind of around landmarks and statues of, of what kind of history they represent and which which statues are important in our cultural memory. Um, right. And I wanted to see what the public statues of San Gabriel Valley what, meant in some ways. Like San Gabriel Valley is actually like the highest concentration of Asian Americans in the US. So it's a super Asian mm-hmm. place.
0: That's like a lot. So that's where you grow up.
2: Yeah, it's very like there are definitely sections of the town that don't have English signs. Like it's all Chinese mm. or Korean or something, but mostly Chinese yeah. and Taiwanese specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to think about like, so what does our history represent? And um, and my article kind of shows that even though we were discriminated against historically, historically, like, let's say the mm-hmm. Japanese-American internment camps um, in the Santa Anita racetrack and a general lack of re- representation, then eventually mm-hmm. um, we also start to discriminate against other people in some ways. Like, we're co-opting that language um, mm-hmm. of colonial architecture or Spanish-style architecture to kind of reify our power in, mm. in public places. So oh, I guess, like, yeah. the way that I found really clear about talking about it was, um I just read Kathy Park Hong's Minor Feelings, um, mm-hmm. and it was talking about how Asian Americans occupy this purgatorial space in between, like, white and black. Like, we are yeah. discriminated against, but then we're also discriminating uh, against others in the
0: same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, that that's, like... I really liked that part of the article. You know, like I did read the part of the Santa Anita racetrack and you were saying how like there's only like a little like plaque showing what had happened there. And it's kind of crazy because it was like an internment camp and no one knows. They're just like, la, 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 like shopping in this horrible place.
2: Exactly. Actually, like that's the mall that I used to go to every week or something to hang out with my friends. And I never knew that it was actually like an internment camp until very, very recently.
0: Yeah. Like, can you imagine if like... Someplace in Europe where they like, was that place that where they the Holocaust happened? Auschwitz. Yeah. Like, if they turned that <laughs> into a fucking mall and people nobody even yeah. knew, like oh, that a would tiny, be tiny,
1: tiny plaque.
0: Like, it's that's so bizarre. You know, obviously, you know, the internment camps in terms of human tragedy was of a lesser scale, but I mean, that's where like people starved to death and it was all based on their race and it was like a, you know, a genocide as well. Um, That's like really interesting. But then also the last part of what you were saying just now, which is in your article, I really liked where you were, you said the sentence like, oh, like the wealthy, like Chinese people then started making these like big gaudy, like
1: plastic
0: McMansions (laughs) and statues in the middle of town. yeah." And that was just, it's, you said something like, oh, there's like an unbroken line in America of who's in power. Yeah. Where even though you're Asian or like whatever, Hispanic or white, like you're going to make this gaudy plastic thing <laughs> about your culture. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, it just like, we just all take turns in doing that. Right.
2: Yeah. That, thank you for reading on me. I'm very, um, <laughs> I'm very flattered.
0: Um, the, that part I never really thought about at all, but cause I go to those places like mm. in California and I see the, like,
1: this is it's maybe like a lot bad, of columns and but... like Greco Roman. <laughs> art but i see those
0: plastic like you know pagodas and part Mm -hmm. of me is like fuck yeah asian (laughs) representation (laughs) but then now i'm like wait why am i
2: i am part of the problem (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think it's interesting because you can read those things in different ways like if you're talking about one of those like really tacky mansions that has like the columns with the greco-roman statues with like the the lion statues you know the like kind of Buddhist i see so statues. much of that and
1: it has like a giant boulder in the lion's mouth yeah, for yeah, whatever yeah. reason <laughs> it looks like a ramune like the ramune bead you can of like, move yeah. it around the mouth
2: <laughs> yeah i feel like um you know one reading of that is that it can be interpreted as like tacky um if you're mm. looking at it through a western gaze of like oh they're kind of um I guess, debasing Western aesthetics in some ways Mm. by inserting all of that and like having all the proportions wrong or like having it be so new. But then you can also Mm -hmm. talk about it as being like subversive and like actually Asian Americans are creating their own new language, which is totally apart from it. And it's like awesome, as you said, young me, like, oh yeah, like representation and like kind of co-opting this thing to make our own um, language. But then you can also think of it as um, also playing into that ideology of the white columns. You know, like you're still valuing it by creating a whole monument around it. You know what
0: I mean? Right. Yeah.
1: Whoa. You know, this makes me wonder, do you think because Asian Americans exist in this purgatorial space Mm that there's always like two sides of a coin to every action we do. Like in this instance, mm. when you look at the, uh, like the columns and like the lion statues, mm. um, initially I thought, Oh, okay. So this is an example of us just trying to like, we are adopting Western aesthetics. These are the aesthetics of our oppressor. And yeah. we are just tr- like subconsciously trying to reify our own power and trying to mm-hmm. be exclusionary. Being like, look at us, like we've obtained power now. This is what's powerful, Western aesthetics. Mm. But then now, what you just said, I'm thinking, okay, maybe this is just can also be interpreted as just a strictly uniquely Asian American aesthetic. Yeah. And it ha- it's, it's separate from like our relationship to Western colonization.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah,
2: I I think of, for me, art is kind of like a way for me to just work at my own internal doubts, I guess, and thought structures. Like, um, I think it's because I personally don't really know what I think in some ways. Like, maybe mm. I instinctually judge something as like tacky and then I'm like, wait, why do I think that? Like, that's kind mm. of like this um, Western way uh that's been conditioned in me right and then i think okay no like maybe it's actually valuable and i shouldn't judge it on those terms so for me like analyzing it kind of helps me realize okay there are many ways of thinking of this and it's not like like i'm evil for thinking this or you know what i mean
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i feel like a lot of asian americans listening to you being like i don't know how i feel about something and you have to really like think of all the layers of something. It's some. It's a common thing that we go through because even in, you know, like during the summer, during the George Floyd protests, it's just like, we're always placed in this place of like, oh, we are, we are the oppressor. And then it's like, but actually, you know, a t- like a two-year-old Asian child got stabbed, you know? And yeah. like, w- what, where are, what are we doing? what is is this wrong? And yeah. that's an interesting thing about the tacky thing. I think that um, you know, we talked about this about comedy, like whenever somebody brings up like Asian comedy, they're like, oh, it's derivative of American comedy. Yeah, but that really actually, annoys me. But it's not true. It's just yeah. that the neat or it's like, you know, when people look at these like art or like, decor, you know, decoration pieces, they're like, that's just a knockoff of American stuff. And mm-hmm. it's just like, is it? And why do I, why is my knee jerk reaction to seeing something Asian that like did somebody poo? Where did I learn that? Do you yeah mean? exactly and it's like and i was talking talking to brian about this too like fashion you know like asian people how they dress like the wealthier asian people how they dress is a little bit more flashy you know like they'll mm-hmm. wear like the thing that says balenciaga on it do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. yeah and like white people are always kind of like making fun of asian people for being like monogram head to toe yeah and i'm like well first of all We have to do that to even prove to you that we belong in this fancy restaurant, number Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. But number two is like, why is your initial reaction to something that Asian people do negative? You know? It's like, where does that come from? Yeah,
2: it's really interesting because um, it changes so often. Like, according to the Western gaze, like that's tacky. But then once you cross like um, maybe a cultural line, like in Asia, it would be really different. Like, that's really classy or something like that. And also it's not, it, it's also, um, I think that's why I'm interested in things like taste because they're so um, subjective in some ways, yes. like yes. taste and art and beauty, like are all ideas that are not neutral, you know, like they all have different value systems of like, what is yeah. tasteful? Okay. Maybe um, it's modesty in one culture. And then in another one, it's like flashiness, yeah. but yeah. who's, who's judging that, you know, like why is something good versus white people. good? Yeah,
0: and yeah, yeah, white people.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so.
0: That's exactly. It's like taste is subjective, but it's Mm -hmm. become so racially charged when everything that Asian people show as having, you know, when they show their own, uh, like judgments of what what is tasteful. White Mm -hmm. people are like, that's tacky. Yeah. Every time they do something like that's tacky, and it's just like, why? Who says it's tacky? Why do you get to decide what's tacky?
1: Yeah, and. I mean, I even read this thing where there are now consultants in China because, you know, China, there's just been a huge influx and very, very wealthy people Mm -hmm. in China where they are, like, taste consultants where Mm. they teach these, these... newly wealthy Chinese people like yeah. how to be rich yeah. tastefully.
2: Yeah. And I think like, actually Sotheby's had a course.
1: Like you gotta What? Y- y- she said, Whoa, oh, Sotheby's had a course like that? Yeah. Where it's think like so. you gotta be modest and mm-hmm. you gotta show up to this polo event and like go to these <laughs> fundraisers and but it that all sounds like a like,
0: fucking fun ass <laughs> life. <laughs> I don't know about you, Brian. I signed me up for being super wealthy in China.
1: no but what but I, I was saying is like sounds
0: like shit tasteful <laughs> like, yeah
1: according to whom like tasteful yeah. according to white people like this is yeah. white definition of what it means to be tasteful
2: yeah and then actually it's really interesting also because um, if you look at what is like cool, a lot of times that comes from non-western cultures like yes. a lot of white mainstream, culture it's not that cool it's like basic right but we kind of take little bits of like other cultures like african primitivism or like asian orientalism or like kind of tacky like chola culture and Mm -hmm. elevate that into being cool and that gives you cultural cachet but like it's only cool if it's whitewashed
0: exactly like when you see like what i'm talking about like the flashy fashion that's like very Uh, you know, like very common in Asian cultures and also like a lot of black American cultures, you know, Mm -hmm. like rappers and stuff like that. And when they see, when white people see like black people doing it, they're like, ew. And then you see like a white artist doing it and they're like, now that's art. Yeah, you
1: know what I mean. Yeah, it's like you get all these think pieces from these white media sites that it's like maximalism, your new fashion trend for <laughs> <Yeah>. fall. <laughs> or
0: like remember like they called it like the ghetto jewelry trend yeah. or something. Yeah, well, like, that's fucked they, up. Do you remember that? No, what? Uh, With Carrie it's like Bradshaw's when white women. Like, uh, yeah. She would wear like all this like, Yeah, they
1: would wear like gold chains. Like Puerto
0: Rican style, like gold chains with like her name on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, big hoops and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's not it's not even that there's anything wrong with that jewelry or whether it's good or, or bad or whatever. It's all subjective. If you think that's nice looking or bad looking, that's your point mm-hmm. of view. But the yeah. problem lies when, when it's like a POC doing it. It's trashy. And all of a sudden... Sarah Jessica Parker is wearing it, and you think it's like high high fashion. That's the fucking problem. Crazy. Do you think
1: does this? Do you experience this at uh, at your even at your level of higher art, where Mm -hmm. like curators will unfairly judge? Oh, for
2: sure. Yeah, I mean, when I even went to go study Chinese art, my the gallery person that I worked for was like, "Oh, that's really interesting because you know they're so derivative, but now it looks like." They're coming into their own. And I was like, what does that even mean? Um, But I think that that's definitely a problem in the art world and the culture industry at large is the way that we love the other but don't really want to deal with what that means, you know? Like, outsider Mm -hmm. art for a long time was really – or I guess not for a long time. Uh, In 2013, it became really popular.
1: And what Uh, is outsider art? It's
2: like art that kind of looks untrained. Like, uh, it kind of originated with people – art from children or art from insane asylums for example and mm-hmm. people really fetishize that look cuz it's like naive and like so pure and authentic and this person is so sincere and like really feeling the passion and then people mm-hmm. i see in the art world a lot of people kind of using that aesthetic of like something that's like badly done mm. um, as mm. a way to talk about that but it's totally it's just like kind of like a, a an aesthetic trend I mean even um Picasso's like primit- primitivism for example like right. he kind of uh was looking at all these African sculptures and was like oh they're so like savage and pure right. and was using that in his art like that's something that made him feel like very avant-garde in some ways
1: Well I think there's one universal we can agree on and that is whenever i take my parents to a contemporary art museum where <laughs> the style is very <laughs> minimalist like let's just say (laughs) it's a skull like uh, a huge canvas and the painter just paints it white or it's like one (laughs) black line or sculptures of just like a a giant red cube without fail my asian (laughs) parents always be like what the fuck is this bullshit? This is not art. And then my
0: parents will see like a photorealistic hand drawing of Miley Cyrus on Facebook and be like, this is art. <laughs> look at this, look at the talent that went into this photorealistic drawing of Miley Cyrus, circa 2016. I,
1: I, I, I. That's so true, oh my God. It's like my mom will Yomi, show- why
0: can't you draw like this?
1: oh god that's like this is gonna get really niche I don't know if any of our I'm sure our listeners will know what I'm these references but like for instance my parents they fuck with like Thomas Kincaid paintings, or if if it's like a photographer like David Lick or something, if it's Mm. like the or Ansel Adams, like an epic photo of Yellowstone. That's when my parents are like, "This is extremely good shit." This is
0: fucking good. (laughs) Now this, this is good.
1: Like I live, I'm like I'm a three hour drive away from Marfa, Texas, and Marfa has become very popular because it's a very Instagrammable place. But Mm. um, I went there for those reasons, but then. And I was interested. It was cool to just read about the history and just see how these like sculptures in New York were popping off, and they decided to just move out west and create their own commune. Mm-hmm. But you know, it has a it's it's highly revered like w- in artist circles. And you go to Marfa to check out like Donald Judd's works. And mm-hmm. I remember when my parents were like, "This is <laughs> what like what <laughs> the fuck? Why did you bring me? Why did you bring us here, Brian?" Yeah, it just looked
2: like <laughs> concrete cubes, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> That's what it They're is. like, this looks like an unfinished construction site. Yeah, totally. How much did they pay for
0: this? <laughs> <laughs> unfinished construction site. I love
1: that. Oh my god. I mean, it's
2: true. It's like I um I think that a lot of times it's not it's not not just like the artistic meaning behind it, but it's also like who's making that, like who has social capital to make that into artwork. Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. it also has economic values, so that's also artwork. But it kind of can be attributed to anything in some ways. Like that's why I get really frustrated with the art world because I feel like you can literally validate anything. Like a, I don't know, piece of garbage. But if you're like the right person and if you make the right historical references, yeah.
1: I mean, it's like that. Um, that that one artist Catalan, like he mm-hmm. he just like taped duct taped a banana onto a wall. Yeah, and it was it sold for like hundreds of thousands of dollars.
0: Totally, I know, but that's good art. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: I mean, that's an example. I mean, what you just described Uh, to me. I'm like, oh, that's a guy who's leveraging his social capital to like make this art now
2: yeah exactly like if you are no one if he was just like some guy off the street like I don't think
0: that anyone would care about his banana but because your parents are like what the fuck is this how mad do you think Brian's parents would get if if he showed them the banana duct taped the wall and told them that it sold for like a hundred million dollars
1: oh I don't have to show them anything they They just I just have to they just have to come to one of my stand-up comedy shows and it incites the same reaction (laughs) (gasps) I mean it's all
2: subjective It's like I um, Actually one of my favorite artists is John Singer Sargent He does just like really beautiful portraits And it's Mm -hmm. like super conventional It's like kind of during um, Like around Impressionism But a little uh, After I guess turn of the century And I was Really kind of like Embarrassed to like him in art school Because it was like Mm. not avant-garde You know
1: Is sincerity frowned upon in art school? I
2: don't know. I feel like it comes and goes. Like, there was definitely this, like, uh, nihilistic, cynical phase Mm -hmm. in the 90s, I want to say. And, like, now it's kind of swinging back to sincerity. Like, you can also see in the larger culture of, like, people being really into, like, artisanal things, like, handmade, Mm -hmm. local. Like, that's kind of all about sincerity as well. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
2: Whereas before, um, like, Huge glossy things were. Yeah more or less sincere, I guess.
0: Wait, so you were saying you're embarrassed to like this certain artist because... Because it
2: was like pretty and also like too conventional in some ways Mm. and like something that my mom would like, for example. (laughs) 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 But I think now I'm like, okay, I think I'm okay with liking him. Like it's, I shouldn't be embarrassed. But I feel like the art art world kind of fucks you up because you start to really question like, what do I even like? Like, what is cool? Mm. What is good art anyways? You know?
0: And... Yeah, that's a good point. If you're feeling something and no one can judge that, there's no like morality or like there's nothing, no value because you like Mm -hmm. the good thing or the cool thing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like to be open with yourself and allowing yourself to like listen to a certain kind of music or like a certain kind of art is being true to yourself, you know?
2: Yeah. And like recognizing that it's all kind of like in this made up system of how coolness functions, anyways.
0: Yeah, like that's that's from, fake. Yeah, exactly. If you're doing something or liking an artist because you think it's cool, that's you. That's bad. You know, It's <laughs> just yeah. like what you like. Yeah, and right. gives a shit.
1: I mean, yeah. I've definitely come around on my parents' taste on art, where like the shit previously, I'd be like, oh, like why do you like this? It's so tacky. But now. I Again, it's like a, a further examination of my own self of like, mm. why do I mm. view their taste on this as being tacky? Exactly. Like, it is objectively, the colors are wonderful. Like this is like an <laughs> epic, this is an epic photo. It like, really is, looks
0: <laughs> like Miley Cyrus. This is, like,
1: this is fucking sick. And,
0: <laughs> looks exactly like her.
1: It's right. like a photograph. And, like, w- I, I, in a lot of ways, I feel like my interests in art have always, like maybe I'm gravitating towards these weird like, Abstract works because it requires this level of like context, and it makes me feel intellectually superior to other mm-hmm. people. But in actuality, I'm like, this isn't that sick. But I'm only liking this because it makes me like seem cool and like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's it's, it's this whole thing, but just fucking wear the pink sequinugs <laughs> and tuck the joggers into the socks.
0: That's I don't give really a fuck good. about society anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but we want to we want to ask, learn a little bit more about you, and ask you how Asian are you?
2: Oh, I'm not at all Asian, but I'm a wow. hundred percent Asian American
1: because
0: i feel like they're so
2: different like the way i think of it is the difference between like italians and italian american culture like they're totally different
1: it's like that sopranos episode where they go to italy and they're like (laughs) Like, what what? (laughs) they're they're like what the fuck
2: (laughs) (laughs) totally because i i realized like in diasporic communities a lot of times like their homeland is really different from how the homeland actually is like in reality like my um I don't know if this is true for you guys, but I know my mom sometimes speaks slang that is like not cool anymore or it's like no longer in use.
1: Oh, 100%. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Like I'll speak in Korean using their slang because they're they're my model for Korean fluency and Korean (laughs) people are like, what the fuck did you just say? (laughs) Like… That, well, that's some like country bumpkin slang that no one has used in 40 year, years. Are you a ghost?
2: Yeah. It's like you're in a time capsule. So like their idea of the homeland is like in that time capsule and it's really linked yeah. to your nostalgia. But it's yeah. like totally different from where that country is today.
0: Mm. Yeah. That's how I felt about a lot of restaurants, like Korean restaurants mm. growing up. Like right right after I moved, I moved to San Francisco in 2005 from Korea. Mm-hmm. And I just remember going to Korean restaurants and I was like, this is like what Korean restaurants were like in the nineties when I was a kid. Really, They're so different than Korean restaurants now. Yeah. Because uh-huh. like the American Korean restaurants, the owners had never gone back to Korea in whatever mm-hmm. 30 years. Yeah. So it was like the same panchan, like the same food that I ate growing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's an interesting because <laughs> like all the Korean Americans in America, like in California, they don't know that it's different in Korea now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, oh, I
2: bad. I went to China and like spoke like a baby basically, <laughs> and I'm like actually illiterate. So I realized like I'm very not Asian at all. Like I'm not Chinese, but I'm very yeah. much Asian
1: American. Very Asian American. What was like?
0: What was that like for you in China? Like how did people treat you? Like just because of the? If, it know? felt so bad. <laughs> it oh,
2: felt <laughs> yeah yeah because people thought I was Chinese when they look at me, and then yeah. I would open my mouth and they'd be like is she kind of slow like there's something that like she doesn't understand the words that like <laughs> <laughs> that, you know? and like i would go to restaurants and i would ask people to explain like the menu because i can't read the menu and they yeah yeah be, or like why can't you read it like are you stupid and <laughs> <laughs>
0: why yeah. yeah oh my god That's, it just felt yeah, really bad like that for sure yeah. I feel like that happens to me in Korea like once I was on a bus and I was like I can't open the butt to get my luggage out and he was like look it says this door doesn't open or something and he was like getting so mad at me yeah wait so what when did you go to China?
2: I went as part of my um, contemporary Chinese art course we went Mm. to Shanghai and um, honestly I didn't I didn't like it and I feel really bad actually like a lot of my um, interest in Chinese art is like trying to trying to feel okay with like not being ashamed of China Mm, and Chinese mm -hmm. art in some ways like I want to get to know it and like really understand it on its own terms rather than like judge it so I like wanted to go to China and was really excited about it and then I just like instinctually judged it really hard when I was Mm. there um Mm -hmm. Mm. and and then I kind of realized okay like you know my conception of Asia is really Asian American and there's no way for me to truly understand China in some ways. Like mm-hmm. the value system is really different. It's really hard for me to not be who I am and with the values I grew up in. But not to say China is not a lovely place. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Well, No, I mean, it's, I think it's. I see it that a lot with like people that, you know, it's just like we have judgments when we go somewhere and it's different. I see a lot of that with everybody actually. Like a lot of my, we joke about this all the time, but like a lot mm-hmm. of my Korean relatives will go to Europe and immediately just judge it. Cause it's, <laughs> it's like, you're like, it's like an instinct that all of us have. You go somewhere new, it's different than what you're used to. And mm-hmm. you know, like the instinct is to be like, oh, this is not as good or I, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm uncomfortable with it. They do things like this here and I don't mm-hmm. like it. Cause this is not how I do things. But yeah. I, I do that all the time when I'm traveling. Yeah. And, um, I mean,
1: it's reflected. My parents were saying how even amongst this uh, younger Korean parents, like Mm -hmm. there's not as much of a push to send their kids to America to get Mm -hmm. a college education. Because now that Korea has industrialized and established itself as a world power, they don't see America as this superior place as Mm -hmm. they once did. And they're realizing like... America's not even all that's cracked up to be. Like, our (laughs) colleges here in Korea are fucking better. And the way of life here is better. So we don't need to send our kids to America. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's like, you know, I think it's, I think Koreans are now realizing that, you know, that thing of like, you want your family to share cultural factors with you Mm -hmm. and send, you know, there is a high probability if you send your children to another country, they're going to adapt to that and it's going to, be hard for them to like, sort of, come back to Korea, right? Yeah, I yeah.
1: mean, That's why I loved Lulu Lulu Wing's film, The Farewell, because it was an it was Lulu an entire ex- Wang
0: sounds hot to it me. Was an
1: exploration. <laughs> it was an exploration of that feeling of like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The cost of acclimating to in this case American culture and like yeah. what you lose with your native culture. Yeah, and your relationship to I it. I was
2: really interested in the criticism around that film actually because it mm. was really well received in America. And, like, panned oh. a lot in Asia. Because they were like, first really? of all, like, why is this even a story worth telling? It's so banal. And then be mm. like, oh. it's… Yeah, it was just, like… It was interesting because you can see it's very Asian-American. and It's not very Asian.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah wow, know? I did not know that. So it was critically panned in China.
2: I mean, there was not that much interest. And they were like, why is this mm. actress, like, not like, that good-looking? Like, they were kind of mean to <laughs> about yeah, that,
1: yeah. Sorry. Right, right. Just because it's, like, no, different…
2: Yeah. Uh, beauty standards you know but it's just like different things that they want from cinema like the way that Mulan was panned also like Mm. we are making films that we think that Asia wants to meet wants to see Mm -hmm. but it actually like doesn't line up with what Asia actually wants to see
0: yeah
1: Mm.
2: so like that film was really successful in America because a lot of Asian Americans and also people in general were like really receptive to her story as someone who was an immigrant and came to America
0: Yeah. Asian Americans and Asians are so, so, so different. Right? I
2: mean, you were in Korea for a long, or you grew up in
0: Korea? I was born in Korea and then I grew up on this island called Saipan, but like mostly I grew up, you know, in Korea. I'd Mm -hmm. never lived in the States until I was 20 years old. Oh wow. And and I am like but it's weird because I'm like biracial, so I think that and I have more of like an American aesthetic. I'm doing I'm doing rabbit ears, everyone. But like (laughs) (laughs) um but in like, I'm so Korean and it's so different than Korean Americans, I feel like. Yeah. So that's why me and Brian get in fist fights all the time. I'm like, <laughs> shut up.
1: I mean, that, that's something that I learned <laughs> just from doing this podcast and being able to talk to so many mm-hmm. wonderful guests is that before I did this podcast, I would describe to people um, that I am very Asian. Yeah. Only mm-hmm. because like my parents are very conservative by Asian Mm. immigrant standards and Mm. they instill these values. Therefore, I must be very Asian. (laughs) But like I'm you know, as you discussed, Caroline, that my parents like Asian values are still they're like in a time capsule, you know, and Mm. it's not representative of what Asia is like today. And I in fact I'm just Asian American and (laughs) like who just also happens to have strict Asian immigrant parents, but Mm -hmm. you know.
0: It's a little sad. I feel like we, I mean, you know, being biracial, I feel this a lot, but I feel like all Asian Americans feel like this. It's that, it's that perpetual question. Like, where do we belong? Like Mm -hmm. Who are we? Which I feel like you've said a lot in this episode, like, you know, not knowing how you feel or not know how, you know, not knowing what you think about something and always mm-hmm. having to like read the right. room and like bounce things off of all yeah. the things, people around you. And then being yeah. Asian, which means that you are seen as the oppressor and the victim of racism in this country. It's like, Holy it's like a confusing yeah. place that we all are living in. It's, it's so yeah. hard. It's like, And it's yeah. also
1: manifested in your work as like a student of the arts. And <laughs> right. like, you're, I mean, you're your trying to entire understand. existence is constant self-questioning.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I really think that um, I'm just trying to figure out like how the system works in some ways, like how the art yeah. system works. And I think it's like a very Asian-American way of looking at things like, okay, how does this all work so I can figure out where I belong?
0: Yeah. And right. insert yourself. Yeah, I hear that in a lot of what you're saying. And I and I really identify with that. Really? Yeah. and because we're that's like I feel like this podcast is all about what What do we do someone tell me who, who am I, that's <laughs> I was, you, can I cry it's when am you am juice I?
1: the lemon and boil
0: it actually that's the perfect metaphor it doesn't make any Wait, fucking no. sense and no one understands what, what it means you know when you juice the oils of the boiling lemon with the rind is <laughs> literally how it feels to be Asian American and it's yellow <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> Brian, Brian is a genius. Oh, Amazing.
1: I'm so future. Um, <laughs> Caroline, before we let you go, can you share with us something that you're proud of?
2: This is the worst question. I had such a hard time even like trying <laughs> I love, to
0: think of something.
1: I love something. how matter of factly you said <laughs> yeah. that. This is the worst question. <laughs>
2: I know. I like texted my sisters and I was like, "What should I say? Like, what am I even oh. proud of?" Um, I would say that I am. I feel proud of. Being able to be alone and not, Mm. um, I mean, this sounds kind of depressing during the quarantine because we're all alone right now, but I feel like I've been able to be more independent and self-sufficient. Like I I traveled a lot independently and was able to create like a life for myself um, in a new place without knowing anyone at first. Mm -hmm. And so it feels good to know that I can be alone and then, and independent.
0: Is that's that, amazing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's a good realization. That's kind of like what I was going through with the being mm-hmm. single thing. I'm like, I can do this.
2: Yeah. It that feels is a like great
0: realization. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's amazing. Yeah.
0: What star sign are you?
2: I'm a Taurus.
0: Oh, okay. Sick. Yeah. What are you guys? All right. <laughs> I'm a Sagittarius.
1: <laughs> I'm an Aries. <laughs> I don't know
0: what that means, but okay. Well, I just it's a big Taurus thing, right? Is it? Enjoying domestic oh, yeah. life being alone, being okay with that.
1: Is, dom- <laughs> is domestic life a sign of independence? Yeah.
0: Well, being alone at home and <laughs> yeah, or, you know, just like being, being able to be alone and, not and enjoying serving it. <laughs> <laughs> Got to
1: clarify it's that. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Thank
2: you guys um, for having me on your podcast.
1: No, thanks for doing it and so so proud of you and uh very thankful to have you as a friend and you're oh. like one of the smartest people I know. So I was really happy that you were able to do it. And I guess um, for our listeners, do you have any recommendations for them on like Asian American artists to like check out or whose works might be interesting right now? Or for anyone who's like wants to get into art but doesn't even know how.
0: They're also derivative. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's a joke. That's a joke.
2: It's a callback. Um, So, okay. Two questions. One is... Asian-Americans that are interesting to look at right now. I guess Anna Kaye is the person for me that comes to mind.
1: Mm. Um, she's Kee. an artist.
2: Yeah, who's based in New York and um, works a lot with Wait, smells. Wait,
1: does Yeah. Yeah.
2: <gasps> yeah. Ooh, it's really fascinating. So yeah. Yeah, she'll like boil like random things like… Lemons. Know. Lemons. Yeah. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> or like not even edible things like Birkenstocks and like coconut oh, water. Whoa. And like create this like weird kind of… Um, sensorial sculpture
1: we gotta have her on the podcast and oh ask my God.
2: her <gasps> or spit what also
1: think about <laughs> what's bit
2: <laughs> yeah like she um wow. felt like a i want to yeah. say it's like a louis vuitton like plastic purse with like a bunch yeah. of spit um <gasps> <laughs> as her that's project.
1: total chaos <laughs>
2: that sounds
0: amazing and I'm <laughs> a, okay yeah
2: definitely look her up and then um i would say that there's a gallery in los angeles named commonwealth Open council <laughs> that represents mm-hmm. a lot of um specifically korean american and asian american artists that mm-hmm. are doing some really interesting things like i think for a long time i guess asian artists were always seen in the lens of asia like that's why like Ai Weiwei and tsai kuo chang are really popular because yeah. they're like ooh political commentary on asia right. but mm. a lot of asian american artists are kind of moving just to like how they feel and not having to be pinned like boxed in into making a comment about Asia,
0: right? Mm. Right, so
2: it's very different, for like the landscapes, yeah.
1: Yeah, oh, that's awesome,
2: that sounds awesome. And
1: what about you? Where can our listeners find oh. you and your writings?
2: Um, you can find me on hyperallergic, or you can go to my Tumblr, which Yay. is dot <laughs> com <K-a-k-a-j-i.tumblr.com.
1: kakaji.tumblr.com. laughs> And what's your yeah. social
2: media? That's my social media. Don't find me on oh. Instagram.
0: Don't, you don't want them to find fu- Okay, Okay.
1: Yeah. Just type in Caroline <laughs> Ellen Liu uh, into Google and you can find her amazing, amazing writing on Hyperallergic.
0: Thank you. Yay. How about you, Brian? Where can our listeners find you on social media?
1: You guys can find me on at It's Brian Park. And what about you, Young Me?
0: And your TikTok. Brian started a TikTok, everyone. <laughs> really? I just started a TikTok. Yeah. I, I succumbed. Good.
1: I started a TikTok. Are you dancing on it? I'm yes. not I'm not dancing, oh. but Young Me's. Young me provided very constructive feedback, especially if we're talking about TikTok, and that is, you gotta look hotter if you want this to pop off. On I didn't TikTok. say hotter. I just
0: said you gotta make sure you look hot. You
1: gotta make sure you look hot as fuck if you want to win this TikTok game. And I'm like, oh, all right, time to do some face masks before I go to bed and just do it as a tax write-off. <laughs> uh, what about you, Young Me?
0: I am mayor on all platforms. My TikTok, I think, is Young Me Mayor. That's it. That's it for me.
1: That's it, baby. (laughs) Thank
0: you so much, Caroline.
1: If you're looking for a sound engineer, uh, hit up Sarah Pack at impact, I am underscore P-A-K-T. And
0: follow our uh, podcast on Instagram at Feeling Asian Podcast. Please subscribe to our Patreon. Every little bit helps you guys. We are serving. It's (laughs) patreon.com slash feeling Asian. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.